Hello, therapist. Today we are joined by Kimberly Kabicki, uh, Ayurvedic practitioner who has been studying and practicing for over 20 years. She's an educator, a consultant, and a health coach. And today we're going to be talking about the different doshas or body types and how they might inform our body work, which to me is something that I'd never really thought about. And so I am super excited to be joined today by you, Kimberly. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Hey, Becca, you want to start a podcast? Mm -hmm. Align with the Massage Business Mama is the product of two massage school besties deciding to take a leap and try something new. It's morphed, it's shifted, it's grown. But at the core, it's Allie, a massage business coach, and her occasional sidekick, Becca, two therapists committed to elevating the field. So before we get too far into anything, I'd love to just hear how you got into Ayurveda, kind of your own personal journey, and um, professionally, how that's transitioned. Yeah. So I initially encountered Ayurveda back in 2001. I was living in Vermont, which is a pretty challenging climate for my constitution, for my body type, very cold and wet. Um, and so I was, and I was working a stressful job. I was working in mental health, working overnights one night a week. So I was getting sick a lot. And I had a, a dear friend there in town, Seva, whose grandfather was an Ayurvedic doctor in India in the village he grew up in. And when I would get sick, Seva would call me up and ask me all these questions and show up at my door with these, I called them magic potions. And I would drink them and go to sleep and wake up and feel so much better. And I was like, what are you giving me? What is in this? Yeah. And he said, you know, I can't just tell you the ingredients of it and that's going to work every time. It's this whole way of understanding that I'm using called Ayurveda. Um, and so, you know, if you want to learn more about it, the person to study with in the U.S. is Dr. Vasant Laud. Um, and so I immediately got a bunch of Dr. Laud's books and started reading about it. And Seva, I had struggled with chronic sinus issues and constipation my entire childhood and young adulthood. And Vermont, you know, living in that climate only exacerbated that. Uh, and and Seva gave me, aside from these magic potions, he gave me a few incredibly simple, free, basic changes to make in my diet and lifestyle. And it was astounding how these issues that I'd struggled with my entire life pretty much resolved completely. I mean, they're still weak spots in my body. I know if I eat enough pizza, if I, you know, if I don't adhere to those guidelines that I can slip back into, you know, experiencing issues around there. But um, since then, that was 2001. Since then, I've never needed medication for those conditions, which in the past before that, it was a regular occurrence where, you know, at least a few times a year, I'd need antibiotics for a sinus infection. So that just you know, it lit me up. I felt so, cause, cause before that I had sort of almost identified as like a sickly person. Mm. Um, and through Ayurveda, I came to a completely new understanding of my body and felt so empowered and, um, and liberated from like the, 
you know, it, it was like a um, confine of Western medicine. Like I was always going to be, I was always going to need health insurance and be dependent on a doctor to fix me. And, you know, with, with this new understanding, I didn't feel as dependent on that. And I decided I wanted to go and study Ayurveda and, and become a professional so that I could share that kind of freedom and empowerment with other folks. And just these simple, I mean, at first Ayurveda seems like such a, so many of the concepts are very foreign to us. It's a very different way of thinking from our Western mindset. But then once you get it, it's like, one of my teachers, Dr. Claudia Welsh calls it Ayurveda. Duh. Like, <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, duh. Of course that makes sense, you know? And so there's so many aha moments like that, that I, I just wanted, yeah, to really empower folks with this basic understanding of how to optimize their health. I think it's so interesting. I so I hear so many stories about people going to the doctor and myself included where diet in is never brought up and, you know, it, right. it is such a different mindset than I think this, this Ayurvedic way of looking at things. So. Yes. Yes. It's, and you know, that's what Western chain physician, you know, Western medical doctors are trained to do to prescribe medication to mitigate symptoms. I mean, that is like the agenda that they have. So it's, it's not like they're bad people or they don't care about us. It's, that's what they're instructed to do. And this is a completely different way of approaching health. So tell us, tell us a little more about professionally what it is that you offer and how you help people and all of that. Yeah. So I have a few different ways that I offer support. One is through online courses that I've created. I have um, an eight-week course called Ayurveda Made Easy that really walks you through all these foundational concepts of Ayurveda and is meant to really be a, a, a learning for self-care so that at the end of it, you feel confident to be able to take care of yourself, your family. It's, it's not like a professional level of training. So it's a little bit more laid back. And um, there's a lot of integration of the practices, a lot of like step-by-step -step, um, techniques and practices that, that you use so that you can really embody this understanding. You get to experience it firsthand operating within your own body. And then I also am designing a, a four-week course to optimize digestion, digestive health. That was kind of at the request of my, my current list of, of folks in my, in my tribe. Um, they were clamoring for that. So I'm developing a, a four-week course that should be out in the spring around digestion. And then I also run a, a cleanse. I offer a, a guided cleanse. Um, I do it with a cohort in the fall and the spring, like I do a live version of it in the fall and the spring where, you know, there's, there's a, a pretty big live component, but I also offer it on my website as just a standalone kind of evergreen thing. You can do it anytime, anytime you feel like you need a, a digestive reset, you've been eating poorly, you're finding yourself, you know, craving junk food, you want to shed a few pounds. It's, it's a very gentle cleanse where you're not going to feel depleted. You get to eat real food and eat as much as you're hungry for. It's just a very simple diet. And we integrate some, some wholesome Ayurvedic practices to help bring you back into balance. 
Um, and so that's like a fully online self-guided course that you can also do through my website. And then lastly, I offer one-on-one consultations with people where, you know, we really get in depth as in into your health goals and what's going on with you and come up with a step-by-step plan. And, and I kind of guide you through implementing that. Very cool. So we today are talking about the different body types and, and how to identify them in the clients that we come in, that come into our offices that we meet, and then how that might change how we approach working on their bodies. Can we, before we talk too much about, you know, the body work and how that might change, can we talk about the different body types? Yeah, definitely. So yeah, there are these three overarching body types. Vata, Pitta, and Kapha. And the thing to remember is that we all have all three of these forces within us. We just each have our own unique cocktail of them. So um, generally, there's usually one or two that are predominant in somebody, but we all have all three that means that the the potential for all three to become imbalanced is there in everyone. But we generally tend to become imbalanced with the doshas that are predominant in us. Um, and so just to give you a breakdown of what each of them are like, vata. Vata is the energy of movement and communication in the body. And Vata folks, people who are Vata predominant tend to be either really tall or really short. Um, They usually have, they tend toward deficiency and depletion really easily. So it's it's difficult for Vata people to keep weight on oftentimes. Um, No matter how much they eat, food just kind of moves right through them and and um, they're generally underweight. Um, Vata folks also tend toward when they're out of balance, they tend toward fear and anxiety. Those are kind of their, um, their go-to emotions when they're, when they're feeling out of sorts. And so even when folks are experiencing a lot of fear and anxiety, we can infer that Vata, this, this energetic force of Vata is probably elevated in their body and, and could, be, um, could use some calming down. Pitta is the dosha that governs all transformation in the body. So that's the transformation and digestion of food, of experience. Um, Pitta is like your discernment. Um, And Pitta folks, they tend to be, Pitta is a very good manager. Pitta is like the managing force in the body. And so Pitta folks tend to be like these managerial kind of people Um, and their bodies are usually not too tall, not too small, not too heavy, not too light, kind of right in the middle. Um, So, so, you know, middle height, average weight, like usually Pitta folks, they have good muscle development. Their, their bodies are lean. Um, They experience strong hunger. They really need to eat on time or they become hangry. Vata folks are much more kind of their heads, their heads are in the clouds. They can like forget to eat for a day because they're just so occupied in whatever they're doing. Vata folks tend to be super chatty and like chatty where you're not really sure if they have a point or where the point is going, or they're <laughs> kind of like jumping all over the place. That's the good sign. Also like vat, there's a lot of Vata going on. Whereas Pitta folks, very focused, very pointed, 
you know, very efficient. Pitta tends to be very efficient. They don't like to waste time. They don't like to waste energy. Um, so they're, they're right on target. And they, they also, they tend to have, Pitta folks tend to have a very fair complexion for their race. So um, their skin tends to be sensitive. They tend to have light hair, light eyes. Often with Pitta, they're, they're very, their minds are very strong. They're very analytical. And so there's a lot of uh, energy going up to the head. And because of that, that sort of heat of the doshas, Pitta is the one that's hot. And so that heat rises. And because of that heat, Pitta folks often have early graying in their hair or, or balding at a young age. That's another indicator of, of Pitta. Is this making sense? Is this a good yeah. breakdown? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. I mean, I could, I could talk for like three hours. I'm sure. I'm so. sure you could. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to like make it succinct, but also meaningful enough. And then the last dosha is kapha. I am so excited to share our sponsor today. I was first introduced to Sacred Earth Botanicals when I was still in massage school, and I fell in love. The thick, lasting glide allowed me to achieve a greater depth than ever before. And from a small, ethical, environmentally friendly company, what could be better? Sacred Earth is one of the only USDA-certified organic products on the market. Their oil, gel, salves, essential oils, fractionated coconut oil, and arnica oil all have the USDA logo. It's also hypoallergenic and does not contain nut oils, parabens, or fragrances, making it a great choice for those with allergies. My personal favorite, their cream. With an extremely high concentration of organic oils and extracts, a little goes a long way, saving you money. And clients love it. I often sell it to them for their own personal use as a hand cream. Sacred Earth is only sold through authorized dealers. Visit their website at sacredearthbotanicals.com to find a store near you. Kapha is the dosha that governs all growth and nourishment and lubrication in the body. So kapha folks are usually more fuller figured. Their bodies are really solid. Their bones are really thick and solid. They tend to have really thick hair, um, thick, solid teeth, big, beautiful eyes, and, and sort of a calm demeanor, generally speaking. Kapha Kuffa types, when they are out of balance, they, they go toward sort of stagnation and depression and attachment. Pitta folks, when they go out of balance, tend more toward anger, um, irritability, inflammation. Um, so Kuffa, Kuffa folks will tend toward conditions of ex- excess, like being overweight or high cholesterol, or, you know, they, they sleep a lot in the day. They, they need tons of rest. Their dosha, they have the most stamina of all the doshas. They've got the most like meat on their bones and can really go the distance, but they tend to be on the more easygoing side. They don't like to push themselves too hard. They really appreciate comfort and ease and familiarity. And so they'll kind of just like stay in their familiar rut, even if it's not a great spot to be just because they don't want to like, you know, get up and, and change things too drastically. So yeah, that's kind of a, a little synopsis of each of them. 
So it's it's really interesting because you have a quiz on your website that yes. helps helps people identify what their dosha is. And um, I took that quiz earlier today. And it was so interesting because I've always understood myself as a kapha. And I took the quiz and your quiz told me I was a pitta. And as you're describing pittas, I feel more connected to that. <laughs> <laughs> than yeah. I did Papa. But it, and it was so funny because I took it again because I was I took the quiz a second time and the second time I switched a few answers that I had like kind of on the line. And the second time it told me I was a Vata, which I definitely don't think I'm Vata. Um okay. and it took me three times of taking the quiz and like highly manipulating it the third time to get Kafa. So I was like, maybe this whole time I haven't really known what my dosha was. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, just just from what I can see of you, that would be my first guess, Pitta. Um, yeah. But but Kafa may be secondary for you. That might sure. be you know a, a close close second place. Um, so that that could be where that's coming in. Yeah, it's so interesting though. So if if our listeners want to take that quiz, where do they go to find that? Yeah, you can go to indraholistic.com. That's I N D R A. Then the word holistic. Dot com. It's right there on the homepage um, in the in the top bar there to take the quiz. And yeah, that's that's been one that I've used for a long time with all my clients. And um, yeah, it's it's fun. It doesn't take too long, um, and you get information. You get a little bit of guidance along with your results. So you know, a few tips of of things you can potentially work on. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was like I think it was like fourteen questions. Does that sound right? That sounds right. Yeah. 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 yeah all well, multiple def- choice. And, and it's better with that quiz. It's good to not overthink it. You know, it, like just go with your first gut reaction on, on the answers and keep moving. Don't get hung up. If one is like, oh, none of these apply, just pick the one that's the closest and move on to the next one. And it'll kind of balance itself out. Well, interesting. I mean, I really feel like my whole world has been shattered. I had this whole <laughs> illusion. <laughs> I'm being very extreme here, but um, you know, I'm excited to learn more about Pitta now because I just, I hadn't really dug into that too much. So with, with all of these doshas in mind, how, how do we approach different people differently in terms of body work? Yeah. Great question. So, so Vata folks, we'll start with them. Vata folks, need a lot of um, tenderness and care and gentleness. It generally, when we, in Ayurveda, if we were doing like marma points, acupressure points on, on someone who's vata or vata aggravated, like, you know, vata is elevated in them, uh, we would start with the feet because they need grounding. Vata is very, uh, very ungrounded, very flighty, very, you know, they're excited about everything. They want to try everything. They love newness. They love change. And, um, but they, they don't have the, the stamina to sustain all that activity. Um, and so, yeah, really, really grounding them by beginning with the feet, getting them, getting them into a, a calm place can be a good place to start. Um, in terms of touch, you're going to want to be a little more gentle with them. Like I said, they, they are easily overstimulated and they don't usually have a lot of meat on their bones. They tend to be very sensitive, very reactive. Um, and so you're going to want to just be a little bit slower and more deliberate and, and 
calm and even your own breathing. A lot of times Vata people, they, they breathe kind of fast because they are just like so excited and overstimulated. So even just slowing your own breathing down as you're working with them, speaking in a calm, calmer voice. I, I love that tip of just slowing our own breathing down because that, that'll definitely be translated into our hands and our, all of our mm-hmm. movements. I like for that. Sure. For sure. For sure. Um, and, and as I'm talking about it, it just occurred to me to mention, you know, another, another thing that really elevates Vata and, and all of us in this day and age, we are all Vata aggravated because we're, we're overstimulated. We're pushing ourselves. We're trying to do too much in a given day. So if you're not sure wh- which dosha is predominant in someone and which dosha needs a little pacification, err on the side of Vata because pretty much everybody does. Um, but particularly Vata is, becomes elevated during any time of change or trauma. So if you're working with somebody who is going through a divorce or just went through menopause or just had a baby, uh, any, any kind of big change in life, their kids just went to college, they just got a new job, anything like that, Vata is going to be elevated. And so that's a good, another good indicator, regardless of what they might look like, that, that they probably need some grounding and, and some calming. So does that make sense for? Yeah, well, and I like that you say that uh, because earlier you were saying that really we all have a little bit of each of three, each, each three yeah. of these doshas. So, you know, when someone is coming in to nurture, probably all three in some sense is probably appropriate too. Yes, yes, for sure. Um, and then for, for Pitta folks, Pitta tends to really be in their head. They, they need... Their work is to get get control of their mind because their mind can just sort of like overpower everything else. One of my teachers describes Pitta folks as this giant head dragging around this fragile body <laughs> and just like, it's, you know, it's got its agenda and it doesn't care if you're hungry, if you have to go to the bathroom, whatever, like we're getting this done kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so with, with Pitta folks, it generally behooves you to start with the head. And to really work on um, relaxing there. Vata folks too, one other thing to say about them is they are, they tend to be very dry. So slather on the oils, the lotions, whatever you got, moisten them up. And that's also going to be really calming to them. Pitta folks tend to be hot. So you're going to want to make sure that the room isn't too warm. You know, if you're using a heating pad underneath that, that that's comfortable for them, that they're not overheated because that, that really contributes to their irritability, excess heat. So starting with the head, great way to get, try to get them out of their head, move them down into their body. You, you want to use soft lighting with Pitta folks. They're very sensitive to light, generally speaking. And so cooling, calming colors like blues, greens, dimming the lights, whatever you can do to just make that a little bit more subtle and, and bring in that cooling effect. And yeah, and just Pitta folks, they're, they're very intellectual. So as much as you can just get them out of their head and into their body and, you know, maybe even instructing them a little bit with, with breathing, like I want you to take a nice inhale here and exhale here, really guiding that so that you're giving them something calming to sort of focus on because otherwise their mind is just going to start going and that can be a nice little add-on as well. I love that. Yeah. And I'm, and again, I'm going back to like 
how it feels spot on for me. Like some of the things you say, I'm like, oh yeah, I totally feel that. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Yep. Um, And and pizza like can generally use like moderate pressure. So yeah. And then when we get to kapha, kapha, they are generally, like I said, more stagnant, heavier, thicker. They need stimulation. They need warmth. They need a more intense touch to really get things moving in them because everything is a little, generally speaking, everything's a little sluggish in kapha folks. So maybe some tapotman. I'm thinking of, do you know tapotman? It's like the drumming oh, yes, motion. Exactly. That- totally. Yep. Yep. The more vigorous, more vigorous massage for sure. And yeah, so kapha types need more stimulation. Kapha people tend to breathe more shallow than, than the rest of us. They, they tend towards stagnation and sluggishness in the chest. And so it behooves you to really open up the chest and lung area, like really working on this clavicle area so that their chest is nice and broad and open. And, and there's even like some, some lung points you might look into, acupressure points around, around the chest armpit area that can help to open the lungs and encourage fuller breathing. And yeah, and, and any kind of vigorousness that you can give to the massage is going to be good for a kapha, kapha person. They, they tend to be already very moist and oily, so they'll probably need like the least amount of, of moisturizers and lotions and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think that's how, how is this all sinking in well? Is this making sense? Yeah, I mean, and I feel like you've painted a pretty clear picture of what the different doshas are. I'm just wondering a little more if you have any more tips for, you know, some, a client walking in off the street, a practitioner having never met them before, how to easily identify. Do you have like one question that you can ask that's going to help you easily identify or some, some other like tip or tool for easily identifying? Yeah. 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 Well, so it's, it's good to just look at the body, the frame, you know, and like I said, um, kapha folks are going to be more well-developed, fuller figures, thicker bones. Like even as you touch them, their skin will probably be a little cool and clammy. Whereas pitta folks, when you touch them, their skin is going to be warm to the touch. Um, they're, they're going to be, like I said, a fair complexion, medium build. We look at the things that can't change about somebody over the course of their life um, to sort of gauge what what their predominant dosha is. And then with Vata folks, their their skin's probably going to be a little dry and rough um, compared to most people and, and possibly cold to the touch. Vata folks tend to be cool. Like I said, they're also going to be very thin and lanky, um, probably like super chatty and talkative. Um, Kafa folks will probably be a little bit more uh, quiet and reserved and just kind of, um, yeah, less animated, I guess, than the other than the other doshas. And then also, you know, based on what people are reporting, what they're what they're coming for, what they're looking to get out of the massage, if it's just like relaxation because they're stressed out and overwhelmed, you know, that's probably vata. We want to pacify vata. If it's, um, you know, that they, they are 
too intense and, and they've got like tenderness in their muscles and, and pitta is always going to be associated with heat in the body. So if the kind of pain that they're experiencing is one of like tenderness and heat, then you know that that we can attribute that to pitta. Whereas with vata, it's usually their pain will usually be more like a sharp piercing pain. Um, and with kapha, it'll be more of like a dull ache, a dull, consistent ache that they they just always experience. So, yeah, the bhakta people, you know, like I said, they're they're very animated, very talkative. Pitta people will will tend to just be very focused, and um, their you know their explanation of things will be very pointed. They're not going to be like rambling on about things that you don't need to know about. And, and with Kapha folks, their, their voice and manner of speaking is usually very calm and slow, monotonous, almost a little on the boring side. Um, and so you can sort of see, like, based on the energy that somebody's coming in with, too, how to read into that, aside from their actual physical frame. Um, if folks are struggling with you know, depression and heaviness and, and that kind of thing, we, we can think kapha and, and work to, to balance that. Yeah. Does that, does that answer? Yeah. I mean, I just, I'm just loving all these tips because I think so often for myself personally, I try to give the body work that I enjoy receiving, which mm-hmm. I, I, I love this because this is changing that perspective a little bit and saying to me, like, well, not everyone needs what it is that I like to receive. Um, right. You know, like I, I don't love like real lo- rough to Potman style massage, but others, it could be really beneficial for us. So I'm just, I'm loving this whole idea. I think, I think it's a different approach to. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like, you know, experiment with it and, you know, feel into it a little bit. Do, do some of these, you know, start with the feet and check in with the person and, um, you know, and, and make sure you're getting positive feedback that, yes, this is feeling good. This is what I want. Y- you know, just that's how, that's generally how we do, uh, how we approach treatment in Ayurveda as well. We start small and simple with our recommendations, make sure we're on the right track and then kind of, you know, build, build on it from there. Um, so these are like little trails of breadcrumbs to give you insight and a little bit more intuition on how you can best serve somebody. And then obviously, you know, every individual is unique and different and people can have all kinds of complicated things going on. So this is a very simple, basic understanding of it, but there's all kinds of nuance within that. Um, sure. And as you get more familiar with Ayurveda, it really does become intuitive. I feel like it's, it's a pair of glasses that you put on, you know, and once you put them on, you can't unsee that. You can't unsee these patterns in people. Yeah. Um, so if one of our therapists wanted to study a little bit more, I guess you'd refer them to your, your program or would you, are there other, yes. other, other places that you might refer them to learn? Yeah. I mean, my program is great for, you know, getting the foundations of Ayurveda in a really accessible way. And it's, you know, it doesn't have the intense rigor of other academic programs, but you'll get all these basic concepts and understanding. If folks wanted more in-depth training, I would recommend Dr. Claudia Wells. 
Michelle. She's a teacher of mine um, and she's amazing. She is a doctor of oriental medicine as well as an Ayurveda practitioner. And she offers several more in-depth, like advanced kind of online Ayurveda courses on her website, drclaudiawelsh.com. Okay. Um, So that would be, yeah, if somebody would like really wanted to add a professional level, then yeah, she's great. She's great. Um, anything else that you want to share with us? Um, I think we've covered mostly. Yeah. I would love for people to take the quiz and, and feel free to let me know what, what your, if your results were valid, you can just reply to, to the emails you get, um, after the, the quiz and let me know what you think of it and any questions that you have. I would love to yeah, be in touch with your, with your audience for sure. So what, what's the best way? Are you, are you active on any social media platforms or is email really the best way to connect with you? Oh yeah. I'm on, uh, I'm on um, Instagram and Facebook. You can just look for Indra Holistic. I also have a YouTube channel, um, Indra Holistic Health. And, uh, there, there's a bunch of free videos that I I put up weekly videos, um, just with little tips and insights, things, you know, how to eat for the season and, um, ways to optimize your digestion. Um, some of my favorite recipes, things like that, very practical kind of do it yourself stuff. Um, so those are the, those are the main channels that I, that I navigate besides regular old emails. Awesome. Well, you have blown my mind in terms of my own dosha. So I'm going to have to do a lot of research and check you out. <laughs> for that. Um, so thanks. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for listening. And please reach out to us if you have any questions or topics you would like covered. We love suggestions. Find us at www.alignwiththemassagebusinessmama.com. Also, we wouldn't hate it if you were inclined to share or review our episode. Until next time, stay healthy, massage therapists.